Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the Fightful MMA Holy Smokes Podcast with Showdown Joe and Sean Ross Sapp. Joseph, we're live. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? July 24th edition of the Holy Smokes Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Farrow, joined alongside, as always, by Sean Ross Sapp. Give him a follow online, at Sean Ross Sapp. Yours truly, at Showdown Joe. We're talking mixed martial arts today. Uh, and all types of stories, results. We're going to have some pros picks later on. We'll be joined by Jeremy Stevens on Random Markles. Sean and I will discuss our uh, our fightful postmortem for UFC Hamburg. What happened at the main event, the co-main event, some of the other bouts. What's going on with this 205-pound division in the UFC? You know, Anthony Smith emerges victorious. What does this mean for Shogun? Uh, you know, Anthony Smith wants to fight Alexander Gustafson. Gustafson all of a sudden is injured. Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of the UFC, had some uh, things to say about that with an interesting post. Lots of fights have been made. We'll get to those as well. Uh, and, of course, we will break down UFC Calgary going down this weekend. And I'm sure we'll, we will insert some uh, professional wrestling whenever we can in there because a lot of you guys love it on the live chat. Top right of your screen. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Matt uh, Riddle, WWE Bound. Oh, well, there you go. You want to kick off with that? Nah, I don't. <laughs> we'll talk about it Wednesday because I have That's an interview with him that'll air then. Well, I mean, people are playing coy. I'm not playing coy. He won't talk to me on the record about it, obviously. He won't. Uh, a part of the... I, I posted, by the way, guys, FightfulSelect.com. You get all your free stuff at FightfulMMA.com. FightfulSelect.com is where you get early access and just additional stuff. Rankings breakdowns, retro podcasts, extra stuff. I will never put your news behind a paywall. You just might you just might get it earlier, but he won't go on the record about it. The only way he'd do an interview with me is if I told him, hey, I will not ask you about Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE. He's going there. I mean, what, what do you all want me to say? He's going there. Uh, he will not explicitly say this to me, and of course he shouldn't. WWE does not like me, but <laughs> hey... But uh, first off, there, there are far more pressing, important matters. Joe, how many weeks ago did I say 100% Alexander Gustafson was not going to fight at UFC 227? Uh, a long time. A long time. In fact, it's some of the, the hilarious messages that you send me regarding anything and everything that has to do with Alexander Gustafson when we're off the air. And I said even it like I, three opponents just, ago, I think. Yeah, it's... I, I, I'm, I, I look at DC's post... And he called him, you know, you're, you think you're elite, you know, your elitist mentality, whatever it was. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's hard to disagree 
with DC when he says something like that, but this is absolutely... I don't know what to say because all my encounters and time with Alexander Gustafson leading back to the John Jones fight here uh, in Toronto years and years ago, I mean, we spent a full day at Canada's Wonderland, you know, filming a whole whack of stuff with Sportsnet and just, you know, obviously having breakfast together, lunch together, the ride there together, just all the different rides we rode together, uh, the different segments. That we were, I, You know, great guy. I love the guy, but I don't know what's going on, man. This is very, very odd. Very, very strange. I'm not going to say that Gustafson is like some kind of bad dude, some bad person. But man, the guy, I thought that DC's post nailed it on the head. We'll get to it, though. UFC Hamburg happened this weekend, and I'll be honest, there is there are maybe three things to talk about on this show. There's the main event, the co-main event, and I don't know, you know, the Danny Roberts-Zawada fight was good, but, you know, it was a good fight. It, void of technique, but it was a good fight. And Jeremy Kimball retired. We'll talk about that. Jeremy Kimball, a 1-3 UFC light heavyweight, 27 years old, seemingly calls it quits after his loss to uh, Darko Stasic on uh, the prelims of UFC Hamburg. Now, Kimball to me always looked like the kind of guy at 205 pounds where he should either cut to 185 or stop giving a shit and fight at heavyweight. That's the type of physique he has. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, I, I don't take regardless. Things, he shouldn't yeah. be at 205. <laughs> yeah, I don't take many things guys say after or girls say after their fights. Uh, I usually wait a week, let the let the dust settle. But uh, yeah, I can I can see why he's upset and why he would say something like that. By the way, guys, FightfulSelect.com. I have the first bro spot that will air over the next month with Matt Riddle. It's up there for tier two subscribers. However, it, you know, Kimball, I wish him the best. Just had to get that little comment in there. This was a very, very good night for the future of the UFC light heavyweight division. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at this. I mean, you have Stasic, Rockic, Anderson, and Smith all under 30. Smith is turning 30 this month. Winning. That's good. Now, keep in mind, the real number one in the UFC's light heavyweight division can't stay in the cage. The number two holds two different titles and is retiring, may never fight there again. The number three picks and chooses his fights, can't stay in the cage, gets title shots coming off of losses. He's the most the most entitled light heavyweight there is. Number four is off selling weed somewhere and doesn't even show up to fight. Number five keeps getting hurt. Uh, you know where number six and seven are right now, Joe? Bellator. That's where they are. Fighting at heavyweight, one of them. Yep. Well, what about the rest of them? Well, you've, you've got some good prospects. You've got Dom Reyes, who I really like. You have Misha Serkinov. You have Corey Anderson. OSP's going to stick around in the mix. Volkan's going to stick around in the mix. But you have some good prospects. I think Anthony Smith isn't, isn't this wild. The guy that we're talking about getting bounced out of victory, strike force, and UFC eight years later, essentially, is a, or not eight, five years later, is a light heavyweight prospect. He has transformed his career. He is not that same guy that we saw when he was 24 years old with 30 fights under his belt already. He is a much more calculated 43 guy. 43 fights. 43 under now. His belt. I'm talking like when people oh, thought then. it might be over for him after yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Roger Gracie. 
uh, UFC, uh, the, the fight at, God, I can't remember who he fought, but he got finished in like two minutes with a knee bar in Fortaleza. And then when Josh Neer beat him, a lot of people thought he was done. Then he reinvented himself in Bellator. Not only that, you look back at this streak he's on. 13-2 and two since then. Finished all but one of those fights. And oh, by the way, he's, he's getting performance of the nights and fights of the nights. He's done the right thing. And he called out, the way that he finished Shogun was so calculated. He used that range, which we talked about last week. I, I said that's how he was going to get it done if he got it done. I, so in terms of Anthony Smith, uh, I definitely don't want to take away from his skill set. And I don't want to take away from the fact that he's a fantastic fighter. Um, you know, it, it was almost ironic when I was w- watching the introduction, um, you know, 29 and 13. I'm like, 29 and 13. If you would say someone is 29 and 13 in boxing, they would never be in a main event uh, for a major promotion. This guy's headlining a show across the world in Europe versus a legend. Now, with Anthony Smith, I don't want to take away, like I said, anything from his skill set and how much he's turned his career around and how fantastic he's becoming uh, and, and all that jazz in terms of of what he's done and now that he's a contender, I just want to make sure we put his last two, or at least myself, not you, but or the, or the viewers, I want to put his last two victories in perspective, okay? He defeated two guys that technically should not be competing in mixed martial arts anymore. I know we said a lot about Shogun living, or leading into this fight here and the fact that potentially he could be one win away from a title shot. Man, Shogun went down in this fight here like a guy that has no business being in the octagon anymore. His body can't handle it. He got just bullied. Uh, that Shogun, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, maybe a little bit more, would have just walked through whatever Anthony Smith was throwing at him. Shogun's body, like like Chuck, like he did to Chuck Liddell. You know, like it, it comes a point in your time, in your career, where you cannot take that head trauma anymore. And he just was out cold before he hit the mat. You know, and, and thankfully for the referee stopping his head from bouncing off the mat. Um, so, take again, take nothing away from Anthony Smith's skill set. I'm solely stating these two fights, his last two fights, I'm not putting too much stock in these victories because of the two gentlemen he defeated in Rashad Evans and Shogun Hua, both of which basically should, you know, should no longer be competing. I know, I know um, Rashad Evans has basically retired. Shogun says, you, you know, when you win some, you lose some. Uh, I trained really hard for this fight. Irrelevant, man. You, it's, it's done. Like, it's, it's, it's too much right now. So, Anthony Smith, despite the hype train that's around him right now with these past two victories, I do want to see him compete uh, with somebody in the top I do too. 10. Well, top Shogun 10, is top 10. Old. Yeah, that's, let me fit, yeah. In the top 10, that's not considered over the hill. Over the hill. Yeah, and I mean, that is the thing. I, actually, when I spoke to Matt Riddle, we talked about this fight. He said, yeah, but is that really Shogun? And I, to my point, I was like, well, it was Shogun enough to where if he won this fight, he was in title contention. And that's yeah. the state of the light heavyweight division more than anything. Because if Bader and Davis are still there, he's not. If Bader and Davis are still there, Shogun isn't in the conversation. But he was before. And that's the point that Anthony Smith made on our show when he talked to James Lynch last week. He thought that DC overlooked him, and he was going to force himself in that conversation. He knew this was going to happen, and it did happen. Now, Anthony Smith did the exact opposite of Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson took his post-fight and said, 
I'm not fighting <laughs> Gustafson. I don't know who I want next. I'm like, damn, damn, man. Damn. But Anthony Smith immediately said, Gustafson, I want you two weeks. Let's go. See that you in was L.A. the right thing to do. Whether the fight was going to happen or not, the perfect right thing to do. Because, Joe, as much as, uh, you know, I had somebody arguing with me that OSP deserved this shot more than Smith if he were to win in two weeks. And I said, well, no, because OSP's gotten that shot and he was knocked out in February. And so was Anthony Smith. The only difference is if you go from June beating Rashad Evans and retiring him July beating Shogun Hua and eliminating him from title contention. July beating Alexander Gustafson. To me, that is a title shot worthy run in that amount of time. That is hot shotting someone and them getting what they deserve. Because if he were to have beaten Gustafson in July, I would or June or shit, August, I would be completely <laughs> fine with a November Anthony Smith versus Daniel Cormier fight if Cormier was ready. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's sort of the same run that, you know, Volkan Ozdemir went on, right? Exactly, yeah. You come in, come into the UFC, whatever, and then you start beating these top-tier guys to the point where it's like, well, you have to give me a title shot, right? So with Anthony Smith, and, you know, we, we used to talk about it long before uh, the Holy Smokes podcast right here at Fightful MMA, before the Holy Smokes, when we had the original podcast before, and I used to all, I wrote articles about it and the importance of, of getting your message out uh, on the biggest platform possible. When it comes to UFC fighters, the biggest platform they have is inside the octagon and their post-fight interviews, whether it's with Joe Rogan, uh, Dan Hardy, or whomever. That is the biggest platform. Not your social media, per se. Not the post-fight press conference. Not leading up to the fight. The biggest platform that gets the most eyeballs and that gets talked about the most with whatever you say is that post-fight interview. So Anthony Smith saying what he did after the fight, giving love to Jimmy Manoa, very good, but then said, you know what, Gustafson needs an opponent, I'm in, I will see you in L.A. Dude, that is absolute gold. Gold, 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 gold. That's how you do it. Whether you deserve it or not, it's gold. But then the Gustafson, is injured stuff comes out? Nah, what? We have some breaking news. Mm-hmm. UFC uh, 230. Uh, now, I'm going to check this before... Yeah, it is confirmed. UFC 230, November 3rd at MSG. Paulo Costa against Yoel Romero. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Oh, boy. Whoa. Middleweight. Does this go back to me telling Elias Theodore to pay attention to this Paulo Costa kid? He's like he's got to earn his earn his stripes? Yeah. We're, That's we're right, Elias. Talk, we're going to talk a lot more about a lot of the fights that are being made because there are a ton being made, but... I think the light heavyweight division glowed up, as the kids are saying, on Saturday night. And it's so funny, we, we compared this to the Ozdemir run. It's even shorter. It would have been even shorter than the Ozdemir run. We're hypothetically saying that Anthony Smith would have beaten Gustafson. Gustafson could have cleaned his clock, you know, but Ozdemir beat OSP in February, Serkinov in May, Jimmy Manoa in July. That's a, that's a five and a half, six month essentially run. Anthony Smith would have done this in three. In three. And the name value of Smith's would have been much higher, even though the quality of the first two, probably higher uh, for Ozdemir. But Corey Anderson picked up a big win over Glover Teixeira. Hey, this is one I picked last week. I said, Corey Anderson's getting it done. 
I didn't said believe otherwise. me. You didn't nope. believe me. People get old, Joe. Maybe yeah. you're there. <laughs> did you did you t- uh, tweet? I put five on this one, or you did? Oh, I did put five on it. Well, not yeah. literally, but yeah, only because. And, and Glover Teixeira is now beginning that that dissension, right? Like in my opinion, leading up to this fight, I thought for sure because Corey Anderson still can't convince me that he's that damn good. He's just very inconsistent. But hot damn, they put a great game plan with Glover Teixeira, and Glover Teixeira, father time's catching up. Seems like he's starting to look old in the octagon. Right? Great fighter, love that guy. Uh, still would have him over my house. He wants to help build a deck. Like the, the guy is just a, a, a blue collar, handy type of dude. Funny as hell, but I thought for sure he still had enough in his tank, or at least in his skill set, to take out Corey Anderson. And Corey Anderson won all three rounds, thirty twenty seven, on all three judges' scorecards. And I agree with them. He, he the, those guys, Mark Henry and all. I gotta hate when they go to the corner and they and they listen to Mark Henry barking out instructions. It's cool because you can hear the codes they're using, but. He looks like he's going to have a cult, like a, just a, a pulmonary attack there. He's just going crazy and then yelling and screaming all these different codes. I like it when it does it with Frankie. I remember in Japan when Frankie fought Ben Henderson, and all you could hear was Mark Henry barking out, uh, F-17, uh, Boeing jet. Like, what? What is this stuff? And you, you can hear it throughout the whole arena. And Frankie was executing. So they've got these codes, but for the viewer themselves, you've got no idea what he's saying. But they put together a fantastic game plan, Sean, and he emerges victorious, looking pretty good. So, yeah, I, I do. I think he looked good too. We're gonna look at the fight matrix rankings right now at light heavyweight in a post Cormier era. Right now, here's what we're looking at. A lot. I had a lot of people saying, "Oh, this division is trash. It's trash." Give it a year. Give it a year. I'm telling you, give it a year. Same with the middleweight division. John Jones, 31 years old. Alexander Gustafson, 31 years old, but he may be at the end of his leash. We don't know. Ozdemir, 28. Corey Anderson, 28. Anthony Smith, 29. You have uh, Jimmy Manoa. He's he's probably heading down down the tunnel. But you have Serkinov, 31. Rockets, 26. Dom Reyes, 28. Jordan Johnson is 29 years old. And then you have, uh, gosh, I wish I could pronounce Mikal's last name. Fellow that, that beat Roundtree at the end of last Zayas. year. He's, he's 22. Or and Khalil Roundtree, right? Yeah. Stasich is 26. Roundtree's 28. Jake Collier's 29. Uh, Devin Clark, 29. You've got some real young, good fighters that are coming up. We are going to see the next generation of great light heavyweights coming very soon. This is the same reason why I hate when people denigrate Mighty Mouse Johnson. They say, oh, well, his resume. If he weren't there... Three or four of the people that he beat would have been champions. To me, I think it's more impressive when you don't let anybody else become a champion. That's where we're at. Uh, Corey Anderson looked very good. Hamburg was not a fun show to watch. It tied the record. Ten decisions on a card. Nine. I was waiting for you to text me on that one. Or what's that message me on that one? I was like, when I got that tweet, I was like, are you kidding me? All these things yeah. are going the distance. I wasn't home, and I'm like, it's going to be a long Sunday or a long Sunday night, Monday, and pretty much Tuesday. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. Also, we got a bunch of fights coming up. Romero Costa, you mentioned that, or we just mentioned that one. November third, Madison Square Garden. Looks like they are stacking the deck for that show. Yep. I am surprised that Borchina is not headlining a show in Brazil. To be honest with you, 
That's their star. I mean, I was looking at you. You were going through the Fight Matrix rankings, and I thought to myself, we're naming all these light heavyweights. I'm like, wouldn't it just be grand if the UFC put on some sort of tournament with these heavy or light heavyweights? You want to build stars? And I, I just don't get it. I don't get why they don't take that model. I don't, are they that upset, upset when they bought Pride and Pride used to do it? Do they hate it that much that Ryzen does it? Do they can't stand it because Bellator does it? It's just a, it's a winning formula. It's such a winning – you want to build stars? Put them in tournaments. I don't get it. Again, I, I was having the conversation with a friend of mine on, uh, on Saturday. We were talking about this card, Sean, the UFC Hamburg card. Uh, and then I was talking to my old boss from Sportsnet who's running around. Uh, and I will say this to you before I get sidetracked. Uh, don't discount the zone. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll discount, discount. I'll discount the name. Okay. I'm not going to discount their quality. Since clowning them a couple weeks ago, I've heard some very positive things. Very, very, very positive things I've heard about the zone. I'm just yes. throwing that out there. So, now, listen, if, if the zone wants yeah. to give us some money, <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. Holy smokes, we'll do a little crossover. I'm sure Jimmy would love that. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sitting here, Sean. I think I broke one of my toes, and I'm just squirming here. I apologize if you just see me keep Rain Man in here. My <laughs> One of my right toes is just... Oh, I think I'm getting a fever out of this thing. Anyways, tournament. And, and just talking about the UFC in general and how things have changed so much and talking to the, to the peeps. And again, they were talking about the UFC Hamburg show. And again, my old boss and I religiously would watch every UFC event, obviously, every weigh-in, obviously, every embedded, obviously, anything and everything that the UFC would put out there, we would watch religiously. And so would a lot of the fans. And then I went out for uh, with with a friend of mine, a sports chiropractor, on Saturday, and we we're um, Doctor Vasco showing some love. Um, we we're just talking. He's like, "Sir, UFC on tonight? Why is this bar so dead?" I'm like, no, UFC's on actually tomorrow. He's like, "On a Sunday?" I go, "You didn't know?" He's like, "How am I supposed to know? We don't know anything up here." Okay, well, he, that that conversation started, and then in general, you get a Sunday afternoon card, largely. Sean, largely of fighters no one's ever heard of. No one's ever seen. No one's like nobody knows these guys. And you want you want them to get you want fans to give up their time to watch that content. When realistically speaking, they'll they'll start watching reruns of Shark Week. Well Shark Week just started. Yeah. They'll watch something else. Because there's so many options right now. You've got to give them, you've got to give viewers something that is going to encourage them to stay and watch. This is not one of those cards, except for the main event, co-main event, maybe a couple of other fights. It's just the UFC has to continue to figure out ways to build stars, stop with the excuse that, oh, everyone said this when Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture uh, and Tito Ortiz retired, blah, 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 blah. Look, Conor McGregor popped up out of nowhere. Oh, boom, Ronda Rousey. Okay, you're, you're relying on being fluky. Okay, you're relying on lucky. You're relying on luck. You're relying on lightning in a bottle. You have the opportunity with all the guys that Sean Ross Sapp just mentioned in the Fight Matrix and your own rankings, put together a damn tournament and get people to fall in love with these guys. They'll follow them. I agree. I agree. Several fights made. Courtney Casey replaces Alexa Grasso at Lincoln against Angela Hill. Solid fight. Uh, Jacare Souza against David Branch. That's going to be an interesting one. Both guys like to use their hands, but both guys are very dangerous on the ground. That's set for UFC 230 as well. So uh, they're stacking up the middleweight fights 
at Madison Square Garden, Joe. Well, it's an MSG show. Remember when they did all the uh, when they spent all that money uh, in trying to get mixed martial arts sanctioned and regulated in New York? It was the it was the final state that they wanted that they were able to get uh, sanctioned regulation, and they made a promise to anybody and everybody, not just on the political side, but to the fan base out there, that any time and pretty much every time we have a card in New York, we're going to stack it, which is also uh, Latin for we need to stack these cards so we can make our money back on the millions that they spent uh, on having it sanctioned and regulated. So anything that's MSG-related or New York-related, chances are it's going to generate more money than most cards because they, from a business perspective, they got to make that money back. And I know Zufa sold it to WMI, AMG, Ford, Chevrolet, whatever you want to call them, people. It's done, but they got to make that money back. So stacking these cards to me doesn't surprise me one bit. And all the better for their product, all the better for the fans out there and the fans tuning in on pay-per-view. Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold. Interesting. Another middleweight fight. Thought one, maybe both of those guys were heading up to light heavyweight. Yep. Not happening. Romero, not happening yet until he misses weight at 230. Then it will. <laughs> That's a hell of a fight. That's a hell of a fight to put on. And as I say, one guy has to win that fight. Yeah. I, I, when I first saw the news, I'm like, nah, I don't want to see this fight. I could care less about this fight. And then more I think about it, I'm like, somebody has to win this fight, yeah. right? Like you said, and it's, it can get real ugly uh, for Luke Rockhold, that's for sure. I mean, Chris, for both actually, right? But, you know, can Chris Weidman right the wrong that cost him the title? Silly spinning kick and that was a third round, fourth round? Um Luke Rockhold obviously wanted to go to light heavyweight and didn't. It's, 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 this is a good a good fight with some good storylines in it. A couple of fights added to UFC Denver. Mike Perry versus Donald Cerrone. Frankie Edgar versus Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie's going to have to earn that ranking that I've been complaining about for so long. Mike yep. Perry versus Donald Cerrone. Come on. you can. That's They had to do it at some point. <laughs> had to yeah. do it. I, like I don't those like that fights. fight for Don. Yeah, Donald Cerrone is in trouble, in my opinion. But I digress. Yeah. You never, Edgar, you never Edgar versus Chan Sung Young could be not that great because I think that Edgar outclasses him. Yeah, there'll be. You think it's going to be like a target practice fight for Frankie? Yeah. All right. Sam Alvey faces Antonio Rogério Nogueira Ugh, in Sao Paulo. I, I guess Satan wouldn't take a fight with Sam Alvey in hell because I'm pretty convinced like he'll just go to wherever people live. And fight them in their living room. Sure, I legit saw that match when it came on the on the Twitter, and on the Facebook, and on the Google, and was like, "Lil Nog is still fighting. How is this guy still fighting?" Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, Car God, his heyday was great, but my goodness, stop. As we wrap this section up, Carlos Barza faces Tatiana Suarez at UFC 228. It's a hell of a fight. That is a hell of a fight. That's really fun. That's good matchmaking. A couple of big news items this week. There's a lot of miscommunication here. I don't know who to believe. Reports that UFC wants to strip Colby Covington of his newly won welterweight title in favor of face, Teal facing Woodley. Woodley says he's never gotten a contract. Who do you believe here? I don't think Woodley's ever lied regarding this type of stuff. Um, 
and it, it seems he just has this issue that he will go toe to toe with Dana White on anything and everything. Um, Covington clearly with the gimmick, we we don't know what to believe with him anymore. Uh, you know, in, in my conversations with certain welterweights that have been trying to fight him, he just keeps declining, 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 and it's just like, dude, like eventually you got to fight, man. So there until don't know, don't know, don't know. I mean, where do you? Where, what's your take on this whole scenario? I mean, it's it's a weird triangle to be honest with you but Woodley sees more pay-per-view buys in Covington and he wants to fight him yep that's that's how I feel now man I never thought I'd say this again poor Anderson Silva this, this is weird mm. I thought for sure he got popped for something that he it's you know it's hard to Hard to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong in this situation. USADA revealed that he uh, it was a contaminated supplement, and his suspension is up in October, which begs the question, why is he suspended still? I get it. He can take a fight now and whatever. And it's like, oh, well, that's about as much time as he needs for a camp. No, he fought Cormier on like a day's notice, three weeks out from surgery. So no... This is stupid. This is one of the things USADA has to change. Like, I'm starting to understand the argument that people make when they say USADA is hurting the sport. When stuff like this happens. When stuff like Josh Barnett happens. Because those two, and even Romero, those are the guys that I am really feeling bad for. These guys who don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. And then... You know, maybe they did something that they didn't get caught for, but the stuff that they got caught for wasn't their fault. That's rough, man. For a guy like Barnett with the history he has, Silva with the history he has, and Romero with the question marks surrounding his physique, a USADA violation can be just a killer, man. And this is, this hap it seems like every month this happens now, Joe. To me, it's always been, and I think Junior Dos Santos was the one that said it best. Him too! He, yeah, he said, with USADA, you're guilty until proven innocent. And what sucks is when you know the news comes out or it gets leaked or whatever happens that this fighter has been flagged by USADA. Well, the translation with that is this fighter is guilty of taking a performance-enhancing drug. That's the mentality that, you know, most of us, and the general public are going to view that type of information when, in reality, nothing may have happened. Right. So there's a there's a there's a problem there. Um, look, man, I'm all for drug testing. Don't even don't anyone listening, watching, whatever. Don't even kid yourself. I'm 100 percent in favor of drug testing, not because it's it's the right thing to do. It's the wrong thing to do. Sorry, man, but you cannot trust athletes. I'm very very sorry. Uh, and I'm saying this as George St. Pierre is a friend of mine. I don't trust athletes because in a sport, in any sport, especially a combat sport, any edge you can take, any edge you can get, you're probably going to try and take it. Okay. Now, I do know guys that are just anti-PD and, and as clean as you can possibly imagine, but they should still be drug tested just in case. Nothing and it's hurt. a sport that you cannot have guys that are amped up on any sort of steroids or performance-enhancing drugs because you're not playing ping-pong. 
you are clubbing your 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 fists and your shin and your elbows and your knees onto another human skull. You don't need extra strength to do that. You need just good technique. So I'm all in favor of drug testing. What I don't like, obviously, Sean, is the USADA crap that they are drug tested and nothing went wrong. And a guy's lost nine months of his career, his reputation, girl's reputation, whatever. Toast. That sucks, man. Also sucks the main event decision for Invicta. We have somebody asking about that on our Periscope chat. Jin Yu Frey, you know, an incredibly marketable woman. My God, she looks like an action figure. Technically defeated Mina Grusander. I think that's how you pronounce it. 49-46, 48-47, 48-47. A unanimous decision in what I consider one of the weirdest decisions of all time. I don't know if you watched the fight, whatever. Uh, you could maybe give Fry round three, maybe. When I say everybody, the one person that I saw dissent from this scorecard was my boy Drake, Drake Riggs, and he still gave it 48-46 to, to Grusander. Everybody else I saw put up a scorecard had it 49-46 the other way. Yeah. That's embarrassing. There, There's, you know, round five was a little bit closer. A little bit closer. Man, this is embarrassing. Very, very embarrassing. One round. One round. Fry won. That was number three. That was it. Got to get that. And for Invicta, you got to run it back. You got to run it back. Also, Heather Clark won a fight on that show. Uh, had a couple of nice finishes. Uh, Geltmacher's finish in the first round was nice. Uh, Elise Anderson submitted Stephanie Al. But other than that, very missable card. But I don't think UFC Calgary is going to be a missable card, Joe. And fortunately, we were able to speak to one of the big names from this show, Jeremy Stevens. Take a listen, guys. He almost fought earlier this month. Yeah. But it didn't end up happening. I uh, just got a call, uh, you know, ran him on a Wednesday night. You know, they, they told me pretty much, you know, to stay ready that I was next in line if, uh, if anything was to happen. You know, getting into fight week, I'm like, okay, you know, nothing's really going to go on. You know, they just have light training, uh, make sure they're they're cutting weight and everything should be all good. So I don't really think much of it. And then we get a call Wednesday uh, after my second training session, you know, which is like uh, later in the evening and, and saying, hey, you know, Max is out. Didn't really know or ask, ask why. And uh, you're fighting Brian Ortega. I was like, all right, sweet. So started to, uh, I went on a run uh, later that night. It was uh, 4th of July night. And, uh, you know, fireworks were going off. It kind of reminded me of uh, the movie Sandlot. I'm just out there running. Fireworks are going off. Uh, I'm thinking night game. So uh, I take off running. And then, uh, you know, I was talking to my coach who happened to be, uh, you know, he was sick. You know, he had like a big bad science infection. He ended up going to the, the hospital. You know, he was bedridden. Uh, and he wasn't even going to be able to make it out there. So I ended up going over to his house, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you're fighting Brian Ortega." Blah 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 blah. You know, and I, uh, I end up, you know, like I said, going out running that night, and didn't hear anything back. You know, I heard from Sean. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I'd love to have you out there." I'm like, "Hey, listen, I'm just gonna go ahead and cut weight out here. I'll fly out tomorrow." Uh, one in the morning, my coach is blowing me up. He ends up getting a hold of my wife, 
and I hear, hey, uh, Brian's out of the fight. You're fighting Frank Yedger for the interim title. I was like, all right, sweet, no problem. Uh, go right back to bed. You know, I didn't really sleep much. You know, uh, a lot of stuff was just kind of going on, running through my head, just trying to tell my brain, shut the fuck up. Uh, we'll just handle everything in the morning. Uh, I got up in the morning. I started uh, I started another run. Uh, I ended up running for like an hour and a half and uh, crushed out a, a bike workout for like another 30. So I was well under 159, 158 pounds, and I uh, was going to head out to Vegas and uh, was, was looking good. Uh, Later on, I, I get a call like after that run, like you know, I'm like, man, what's going on? Uh, are they gonna fly me out? What's uh, what's going on? They're like, oh, fights off. Uh, neither or Brian or Frankie wanted it, and uh, you know, it was a win-win-win. Really, if you look at it, you know, I have a opportunity in front of me here, July 28th. Uh, there's a chance for me to either fight for an end term, uh, make a shit ton of money, and knock somebody the fuck out, or you know, I look at it like I just got a chance to lose some weight and. Uh, and uh, get ready for my fight. So it was really uh, not really a big deal. I just took it as a plus. We have a loaded show on Saturday. We'll be doing a live post-show podcast after UFC Calgary. Before we get into this card, Nick Newell gets his opportunity on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series tonight. I just want to say the transition to Contender Series, all thumbs up. It gets way more buzz than tough. You get to pick and choose Sometimes, not a good thing, who your winners are, but you are guaranteed someone who wins in an exciting fashion gets a contract. Nobody's going to double-leg their way to a win, and, you know, that is a part. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the game, but it's not exactly what the UFC wants. Do you think he gets it done tonight against the Team Alpha Male Project? Uh, oh, my heart will always be with Nick Newell. Of course. Let's not kid ourselves, right? Uh, I'm going to say yeah. I think yeah. so, too. I think yeah. he gets a shot. I really think yeah. he gets a shot. be great, man. be fantastic. So, UFC Calgary. I think there are 14 ranked fighters on this show, including six on the Fight Pass prelims. I don't need Fight Pass. It's ridiculous. I don't need a 13 fight card, but I'm looking up and down this show, and there's just good fights and good personalities. There are interesting people, interesting things on this show. Let's start off with the Fight Pass prelims. You have Ross Pearson, John McDessie. FightfulMMA.com, we have an interview with John McDessie up. He's won two of his last three, hasn't finished anybody since 2015, and he's facing Ross Pearson, who always comes to fight and saved his career in February in Perth. Pearson get back in the loss column. 
Does he win? And if he does lose, is he gone? After what will be five out of six? I don't think he loses. Or, yeah. You think yeah. he wins, huh? I think he beats McDessie, yeah. Interesting. I think he beats McDessie. I know I, I never go against Canadians. I just look at this fight here, and I look at where both these two guys sort of are. I know Ross has been going through some stuff. Um, I, I I don't know what to think of John anymore, but uh, I think looking at – I'm staring at the, at the almost like a matrix of these two right now. Um, I, I'm going with Ross. Sneaky, important fight coming up. Caitlin Chikagan, number seven in the division. Yep. Alexis Davis, number three in the division. Chikagan has won three of four. She's 2-0. and oh. In her last two fights, uh, this is the division she needs to be in. Same with Alexa Davis, who has now won two in a row. This is a brand new division. So a win here is very, very important. Uh, I know Caitlin Chikagan does have a win over my boy Robbie Fox over at Barstool Sports. She whipped his ass in a hilarious (laughs) segment that you all have to go check out. I think it's from last year. It was so damn funny. He tried to scale the cage to escape. (laughs) <laughs> Which, under WWE rules, Robbie Fox would have won. Yeah. This is a hell of a fight, Joe. I'm going with Chicagan. Same here. Uh, and, and not to take anything away, there's only a only four-year difference between these two. Um, whoa, whoa, what? whoa, 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 whoa. What? History has been made. <laughs> two in a row? You're going yeah. against the Canadians? Yeah. You I might as like- well just stab Brett the Hitman Hart. Never. Right in the chest. I met I met him in Calgary. So uh, yeah, love Brett. Uh, I'm just looking at the matchup here, and I'm not saying that there's a youth advantage so much for Chikagan, but at the same time, I look at you know even though that in in, in um, Alexis's last fight she did you know defeat Carmouche, it was a, a decision or was it Carmouche? It was Carmouche, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think Chikagan's going to have a bit more bit more in the gas tank, whereas Davis, she brings it. It's going to be a tough-ass fight for Caitlin, but I think she figures it out. I think she figures it out. I think the mall and brawl that Alexis Davis often brings to the cage um, could work against Caitlin. I just think Caitlin will be ready for it and figure it out. Another top 15 fight, Nicolau against Ortiz. Ortiz is one of those guys at a plus 205. I'm picking Nicolau, but at 205, plus 205, I got five on it for Dustin Ortiz. Let me clarify that, guys. That doesn't mean I'm picking him to win. I just think there's enough of a chance for me to put five on it. Yeah, that makes total sense. That that's a good, that's a value bet right there. That's a tough one to break down, though. I think uh, Nikolaus should win this, though. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things that the, the kid is so fast, right? Like, yes. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Mateus. It would be irresponsible. As good as Islam Makachev is, fifteen and one. This guy is outstanding. At plus 475 for Cajun Johnson, who has won four straight UFC fights, it would be irresponsible for me to not put five on it at that line. Plus 475? And Makachev is a minus 650. And Makachev is the wave, man. He's real good. So I understand the line. But I got to put five on it for Cajun Johnson. But Islam Makachev is one in this fight. I'm st- I'm staying totally away from this fight. If I was a wagering man, I would not touch it. I don't see the value because I see plus five hundred on one side here, plus five thirty on a hey. second site. I'm um, over to a site in which I will not name because they aren't paying us nothing. Yep. Yeah. 
But I will say this, though. Uh, I think you should, or Jimmy Van, who, by the way, is messaging me during this podcast, um, trying to crash the podcast. I think yes. that's a t- – guys on the live chat and tuned in right now, tell me that's not a perfect Sean Ross Sapp shirt. That quote that he said, it would be what? It would irresponsible. Be some, it would be irresponsible of me to not put five on it. Yeah. That is a slogan of slogans right there. I absolutely love it. I personally am not would not touch this fight because I think Islam wins. Yeah, I think Islam wins, but I mean, like I said, man, it's a good one. Uh, we have Antigulov against Ian Kutilaba. We talked about this light heavyweight division. I think Antigulov wins this. Uh, Kutilaba, man, I think it's a thing where you know, he got in the UFC at 22 years old. He's going to go yeah. through those growing pains. He's going to see some Anthony Smith experiences in his life where he loses a couple in a row and it looks like he's counted out. And then I, I could see in three, four years he goes on a run. I don't think right now that's the time for his run. I think Antigulov wins this. Yeah, yeah. It's a good fight. And but I'll tell you this. If, if, if Kudilaba wins, you and I are going to have some serious discussions next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I'll be... I'll be like dead tired because I'll be coming back from Japan. But other than that, hey. um, yeah, it, it me likes this fight. Me likey. I also like uh, the upcoming fight with Random Marcos and Nina Ansaroff. We heard from Random Marcos. Take a listen. Where do you feel like a win over Nina puts you in this division? Because I was looking at your record. One thing that's interesting is you, you alternate between wins and losses. This would be like two fights in a row for you in the UFC, which is which is weird if you think about it because you, you've been in the UFC for a while. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be four wins in a row for me once I come out of this. I, I feel like I won that fight in Mexico. It didn't, you know, the the results didn't come out in my favor at the end, but when I watched the fight and break it down, I did get that win, and uh, I've only improved since then, and I feel like this is, I'm not taking it as a win-loss, win-loss. This is my going to be my fourth victory in a row. So, um, yeah, that's got to stay positive. <laughs> no, I, li- I like the mindset. I think I think that's a good way to sort of approach everything. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, we just had UFC 226 this past weekend. And of course, uh, you know, aside from Daniel Cormier becoming a two-division champion, everyone's talking about Brock Lesnar returning. I wanted to get your thoughts when you saw everything that happened in the cage with Brock pushing DC and just him being back and getting the title shot. As a fellow fighter, I know not even close to heavyweight. I just want to get your thoughts on that whole thing. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> to be honest, like, come on. He does not look like he's in fighting shape. He looks like he's on steroids, you know what I mean? Like, he, he looks younger now than he did back when he was fighting, you know? He, he's obviously on something. I, I think that the whole him coming in and pushing Daniel Cormier and calling out everybody, this, you know, he's, he's got that, you know, WWE mentality. This is a different sport. I, I don't like the way that's going. I mean, obviously, it's good for the fans, I guess, but I feel like uh, fight fans don't like that stuff. I've heard a lot of, you know, bad bad things about it, you know, people people saying that they didn't like that. Um, I don't think he should come back and fight, but it's not up to me. You know, it's up to the UFC, and it's up to the ratings, I guess. So it'll be a good fight for the ratings, but I, I don't think he should come back. I think that's a bad move. We're obviously in the middle of summer right now. I know you always get out to the pool and stuff. One of the things I wanted to ask you, is that your pool or is that like a family member? Because I was, like, I'm super jealous. I wish I had, like, a nice pool like that. Yeah, that's my pool. Um yeah, it's, it's awesome. I always wanted a pool. I actually got this house with a pool just for my family because we never had one growing up. And my nieces and nephews can come over all the time and swim. And I'm kind of like living through them. Nice. <laughs> so no, that's good. I made, had a pool just so I can enjoy it. I love the sun. I love like the water and everything. I can't swim, but I love. Really? You don't, have, you, you don't know how to swim? 
No, that's uh, my biggest weakness. <laughs> <laughs> it's my kryptonite is uh, deep water. Now, obviously, Nina Ansaroff has one of has the benefit of training with one of the greatest women's fighters of all time, and her girlfriend Amanda Nunes has won two in a row. Has uh, really turned things around. She took a long layoff between the Quiche fight and the Lieberger fight, and it looks like it's paid off because she was on her last legs in the UFC, and has since turned things around and has beaten uh, beat Angela Hill, which a lot of people didn't think was going to happen. How do you think she matches up with Random Marcos, who uh, alternates wins and losses for a living? It would be irresponsible for me to not put five on it on Random Marcos. Although the value isn't necessarily there at plus 125, and I know people are catching on that Nina Ansaroff happens to be the Bantamweight champion's girlfriend. I get it. I don't think it translates well in this fight. I think Randa Marcos is a bully. And I think she will bully Nina Antaroff uh, either to a decision or into a holy smokes, I cannot win this fight. I don't want to tap out, so I'm probably going to get punched out or put to sleep. Maybe I'm going to be wrong. I just don't see it in this fight. Well, I think she is very Canadian. Jordan Meehan faces Alex Morono. We interviewed Alex on the site. Thank you to James Lynch for that. YouTube.com slash Fightful. Hit that subscribe button. Morono has had a, a weird trajectory over the last year and a half or so. He tested positive for marijuana and got his KO win overturned. Shouldn't have been. But otherwise, he's looked very, very good in the UFC. He should he should have four out of five, with the exception of that weird overturn. Jordan Meehan was a guy who has thought about hanging it up a couple times and came back, won a fight against Eric Silva in December, but I just don't think he's got it to beat Morono. I think that Morono is better now than Meehan ever has been. And Jordan Meehan is still just 28 years old. Isn't that weird to think? Alex Morono's 27 years old. He's got 18 professional fights. Jordan Meehan is one year older, 28, has 42 professional Again, fights. That we know of. Yeah. One would assume that that would favor Jordan Mean. Uh, one would assume, if you've listened to the Holy Smokes podcast for the better part of two years, every time Jordan Mean's name comes up, we talk about MMA mileage. If you don't know what MMA mileage is, look up the stat. There's an eight-year theory of when a mixed martial artist can... Begin as a pro, and the eight-year trajectory is when it all starts tailing off. Jordan Mean has been fighting for who knows how long, since his teens. Um, he's got all the skills in the world. I just don't think with all that MMA mileage on him, he can take the abuse anymore. Mentally, he can. Physically, he cannot. And I think Alex Morono emerges victorious in this fight. On to the main card, and quite a main card it is. Alex Hernandez uh, turned heads when he knocked out Benil Dariush in quick fashion. The guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page yet, and he's a top 15 UFC fighter. I was going to say the same thing before the show. I'm like, what? Yeah. Olivier Aubin Mercier has won seven of eight, won four in a row, beat Evan Dunham his last run out, and did it in under a minute. 
Whew, I know a lot of people are looking forward to Poirier, Poirier and Alvarez, but man, this one could be a sleeper opportunity for fight of the night or a bonus of some sort. I'm looking forward to this one, but I think uh, Mercier gets it done, man. Of all the odds on this card, this is, the I think, the fairest one. I got yes. Obi Mercier at minus 140, Hernandez, Alexander Hernandez at plus 120. It is a close fight, but the edge definitely goes to Olivier Obi Mercier. Um, I'm always going to say the same thing. I know Olivier's striking is getting better. It gets better every single fight. He's able to showcase it, but I think the longer the fight goes, he will revert back to his number one game plan, which is to cut the cage off, clinch, get you against the cage, take your back as quickly and as early as possible in a round and have you defending as much as you can while he aims to get that rear naked choke. Uh, I think that's what he's going to try in this fight here, and Hernandez has to stay away, in my opinion. Why, why give Olivier that opportunity? Punish him from the outside if you can, uh, and, and, and go for that knockout. Hurt him. As far as a back-and-forth, just war type of card, this is as good a card as UFC could put on on Fox right now. This has the potential to be something really great. Before we get into Joanna and Tisha Torres, let's hear what the pros think. They both have a really strong stand-up uh, background, so uh, we'll see. You know, I, I think the fight really could go either way. Joanna, Joanna, I got to go with Joanna. Yeah, you know, she she got that fire too. Uh, yeah, Joanna's my girl. Joanna all the way. Oh man, I don't know. I think if Tisha, I think if Tisha sticks to her game, she can beat Joanna. You know, because she's fast, she's in and out, she's very quick, she's got good combos. Um, if she can just maintain that same mindset the whole time, I think she'll get it done. I personally like. I'm not a Joanna fan, and I want to see Tisha win it. And I truly believe she has the attributes and the skill set to do it. Um, it's just going to be whether she can stick to her game plan, you know, if, if Joanna starts getting the better of her, because Joanna's very big for that category, Tisha's very small, like, they're kind of on complete opposite ends of the scale, but I do 100% believe in Tisha's skill set, so I'm hoping she gets it done. Jay, 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 Joanna Jordacek, baby, that's my teammate, American Top Team Proud, and she's gonna knock Tisha out, man, Tisha made a big mistake leaving ATT, you know, she's over in her little comfort zone. You know, she's probably uh, having someone wipe her ass for her. But we work hard at American Top Team. Joanna Jordacek, she's coming back for that belt. She is the strawweight queen. She's going to reclaim her throne soon. I'm really excited for that fight. Uh, Tisha was actually in here last week, and so I got to watch her a little bit. And she is a ball of fire. So, I don't know. I think Joanna might have her hands full. Uh, it's kind of interesting because she trained out of American Top Team where Tisha used to train out of. And so I think it's... It's a good matchup. Uh, I want Tisha to win. I'm a fan of Tisha, and uh, so I just really wouldn't want to see her win. I don't know about that fight. It's going to be an interesting fight. I'm going to lean towards Tisha Torres. I, I like Joanna, but I think Tisha Torres is going to pull this one out. Tisha will have to really have made some gains since her like last fight to beat Joanna because, I mean, I was on the Ultimate Fighter and I got to train with Joanna like every day when I was on there, and she's she's a monster, you know. She's and she's big and she's strong. Um, so, uh, I mean, if I had to pick, I would say probably Joanna. Uh, Joanna. You all can see the full video YouTube.com 
slash Fightful or over at FightfulMMA.com. Click our exclusive stab. This one might surprise you, Joe. Tisha Torres, I got five on it. At a plus 225, I got five on it. I think Ioana's going to win, but Tisha Torres, I got five on it. The reach is a little more than I am comfortable with, though. I, and I see what is, you're saying. The reach is going to be the story of the fight. And the thing is, Tisha Torres loves to pop in and pop out. As the people like Joanna Janjacek move up to 125, she'll be able to do that a little bit more effectively the way that she was able to in Invicta, I think. I don't think... She can't fight like that and win Saturday. So I don't think she's going to fight like that and win. Or at least try not to. So I think a Hail Mary knockout could happen. Could happen. That being said, I just think the range of Ioana is going to be too much to overcome. The kicks are going to be too much to overcome. She's going to saw away at Torres. I mean, we're talking five foot six versus like five foot one. That's that's a leap to overcome. It's heavy. I'm I'm having a challenge in thinking of this fight because my head right away is just I mean, you look at any matchup that Jacek competes against or whoever her opponent is, you're going to go with Johanna with the exception of Thug Rose, right? That's been proven that she's got your number. Hate to break it to you. Uh, not that you don't already know, but I also started thinking about the mindset that Johanna was on top of the world as, and is now coming down off of two straight losses. Um, wasn't able to retain the title she believes is hers. Hopefully she realizes it's not hers anymore. Um, against a former teammate in Tisha Torres. Now, do we know if they've trained together when Tisha was over at ATT? Don't know. Uh, I would assume so. Maybe we assume no because there's a potential that one day they were going to fight each other, and here it is. Um, Tisha Torres is very sneaky. She's fantastic with her legs in terms of getting those kicks up uh, and surprising. I just don't know. Um, she's gonna. I think she's going to have to be on her bike because I think Johanna... I would assume, I shouldn't say I think, I would assume Yuan is going to go back into stalking mode where she's going to stalk Tisha, cut off the cage, and make her pay anytime they are within a phone booth of each other. That's my assumption. Uh, I also don't know what to think of Yuan mentally. So it's a tough fight to call despite, you know, I've got Yuan on one side here at minus 300 with Tisha at plus 250. Um, you know, usually I'm more adamant or a more... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah, I'll put five on it. I would yeah. trepidly put five on it right now on Tisha Torres. Still think Joanna's taking the win. Man, Jose yeah. Aldo and Jeremy Stevens is a hell of a fight, and it's a pick em. Uh the, the odds I'm looking at, minus 110, both of them. This is just a good fight. Jose Aldo took, or Jose Aldo's looking to get back on the right track, and Jeremy Stevens is looking to earn a title shot. Essentially, that's what he's doing, and I mean, as as we we heard from earlier, he's down for whatever. He doesn't care. I never thought I'd see the day where Jose Aldo lost back to back fights, much less lost three out of four, much less hadn't won in two years, much less had one win since 2014. That's where we are. He fought twice last year, and it was it was you know. It seems like he's been much more active since losing to Conor McGregor, and that's not something I expected either. This will be his fourth fight in uh, about two years, 
I thought we would see him fight maybe once a year after this. I thought he'd become an attraction. Jose Aldo always has his kicks, but man, if he fires one of them off, you know what's coming from Jeremy Stevens. You know what he's going to do. Jeremy Stevens rarely throws anything unless he intends for it to knock somebody out. How do, how do you think this one's going to go? Um, what is awesome for 500, Alex? Like, this is going to be ridiculous. I want to see if Jeremy will actually pull off what he did to Gilbert, Gilbert Melendez with those leg kicks after leg kicks after leg kicks. his name was Gibbert. Gibbert, yeah. You see a Reebok deal. Um, I, I would love to see if Jeremy can pull off the leg kicks. I don't know if he's going to execute them, but I wouldn't be surprised if he throws that as a surprise to Jose Aldo. I, there's nothing that would make me happier than Jose Aldo returning to his you know, former pound-for-pound pound best form. I just don't know if he has it anymore. And he's a f- slight favorite in most of the sites. Right? I mean, ah, he's a favorite on all the sites I'm looking at. Um, slight favorite. But nothing would also make me happier than Jeremy Stevens continuing his ascension of this 145-pound weight class. I mean, the guy is going to just bring it. And he, I mean, to have a victory over Jose Aldo Jr. on your resume would be absolutely amazing for Jeremy Stevens. So, this is a fight here that I literally look at, and it's it's. I, I call these like my my at home sitting on the couch enjoying my coffee fight. Lad, let them go. Let's see what referee step out of the way. Let's see what these two boys bring to the cage. Go. So I'm at fifty one fifth or fifty one forty nine here. I think Stevens is going to take it just based on the career trajectory. But you never know what Jose Aldo is capable of. If Jose Aldo gets aggressive, that's bad for for Stevens. Stevens needs to hope that Aldo tries to saw away at him with leg kicks because that gives Stevens more of an opportunity to counter. However, if Jose Aldo goes at Stevens and boxes him, I think that's a bad day for Stevens. Enough of what we think. Here's what the pros think. I uh, just got a call, uh, you know, random on a Wednesday night. You know, they, they told me pretty much, you know, to stay ready that I was next in line if uh, if anything was to happen. You know, getting into fight week, I'm like, okay, you know, nothing's really going to go on. You know, they just have light training, uh, make sure they're, they're cutting weight and everything should be all good. So I don't really think much of it. And then we get a call Wednesday uh, after my second training session, you know, which is like uh, later in the evening and, and saying, hey, you know, Max is out. Didn't really know or ask ask why. And uh, you're fighting Brian Ortega. I was like, all right, sweet. So started to. Uh, I went on a run uh, later that night. It's Fourth uh, of July night, and uh, you know, fireworks are going off. And it kind of reminded me of uh, the movie Sandlot. I'm just out there running. Fireworks are going off. Apologies, you guys. This is actually what the pros think. I gotta go Jeremy Stevens. You know, he looks like a killer lately, man. He's reinvented his career. It looks like he's uh, really been putting a lot of hard work in, and, and Jose Aldo's on the downfall of his career. So, you know, I think uh, I think Jeremy Stevens is gonna knock him out. I don't know. Uh, that that that's a that's a close one too. I mean, it depends on what Aldo shows up. You know, I think Aldo might be a broken man after after those whoopings from uh from from Max Holloway. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he he might be a broken man, so I got to go with Jeremy. If if you're not 100 percent in there with with somebody with them hammers, uh, Jeremy will put his lights out. So, uh, although better show up on his p's and q's, he better show up how he did for that second Frankie fight, because uh, Jeremy gonna be looking to take his block off. 
That's a tough one. Um, because uh, Holdo, you know, Aldo hasn't looked great his last few fights, and Jeremy Stevens is actually really good. Ah. If I have to bet my money, I'll. St- if I had to bet my money, I would still pick Aldo. Though. I love Aldo. You know, Aldo's my type of fighter. You know, a slick, fast striker. Um, Jeremy Stevens is on a roll though, man. And Aldo has kind of shown that he's got the kink in his armor, that his, his chin isn't quite what it used to be anymore. And it's tough because he almost had an air of invincibility for quite a while. And that kept him. He was already beating the crap out of guys. You know what I'm saying? He was beating the shit out of people. But when you get tested and you still feel invincible, sometimes you're like, I'm going to find a way out of it. He's kind of learned now though, that look like, I get in that position now, and I don't always find a way out. And I think, I think it may have taken some of his will away. And I'm so for that reason, and the because of the uh, the, the recent victories that uh, Stevens has had, I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, you know, I hate talking about that fight because Jose Aldo is one of my like foreground heroes. You know, coming up, I used to mimic him as a kid, and you know, there's kind of an edge that. He's not really displaying that he had before. His game's changed. I mean, anybody can, can tell you that and see that. And Jeremy Stevens been on a tire. It's kind of a killing spree putting people down. And so if you look at the odds of the way the momentum's kind of turning, you would say Jeremy's got it. And I'm slightly inclined to say that myself. But I, I do love Jose, so it's a, it's a bitter pill. But I think Jeremy might have that fight. Yeah, that's a tough one. See the full clip over at youtube.com slash Fightful or FightfulMMA.com, our exclusive section. Uh, Alex Hernandez, who you saw there, we talked about earlier, revealed to Fightful.com exclusively. He is going to be added to EA UFC 3. Main event time, Joe. Alvarez. Poirier. Man, what a fight. Uh, under no circumstances will, circumstances will you at any point in time try and contact me during this fight. My <laughs> phone will be off. My phone will be on silent mode. My phone will be in another room. My phone will be in my truck. My, I might leave my phone wherever I am during the day and worry about picking it up the next day because this is a fight we are all, all lucky to have again. They are running it back. Just look at who these these two guys look at when they fought, and then look at who they both fought last. Look how they emerged victorious against the person they fought last in Justin Gaethje, and now these two guys are going to settle a crazy ass score. And at the same time, can we say that Eddie Alvarez? I mean, the Eddie Alvarez Justin Gaethje fight was was pumped and promoted. For a non-UFC title, but the what was the title that we we all gave them? I can't remember. The baddest man, not the baddest man in the UFC. The it had something to do with just the shit-eating bat- wild man. It's <laughs> Matt Riddle. He's a shit-eating wild man yeah. in professional wrestling. The, just this fight, this main event. This is anything and everything that the UFC, who has wanted, not wanted. They finally came out and said, we owe Calgary. We owe Calgary for what happened. I was going to ask you about that. Do you think they made it up? Just this fight alone. Just this fight alone. Show up. Watch the main event. Go home. I mean, just just don't do that. But 
this been, fight alone it's been is, a long is, time yeah. coming yeah 2013 right yeah uh, there's there's tons of backstories around that that none of them really went public i mean you can thank the calgary media for that one and some of the fans but it is what it is right now and they got their show back and um yeah most violent man thanks Vinny. most violent well, no, it, was, man. it was 2012 yeah. so it's been six years coming yeah. Because if I remember, actually, funny that we mentioned Matt Riddle, I thought his promo was the highlight of that entire night. That was pretty good. Yeah, his Buttertooth Brit promo. Yeah, I love it. I love it. This this fight's just going to be ridiculous. I'm leaning towards Dustin Poirier. What am I supposed to break down here? <laughs> They're going to go in. They're going to slug it out. Alvarez claims he's going to keep his chin down a little bit more. Here's what the pros think. Is going to put him out lights out. It's first round. It's not even going to be competitive. I mean, their first fight, he was going to put him out until Eddie Alvarez had to do that illegal knee. So, you know, now Dustin Poirier has more experience. He's had a lot more training in the gym, and uh, he's looked like a new a new animal these days. So I, I see Dustin Diamond Poirier doing what he does, shining bright and uh, stealing that title shot by knocking out Eddie Alvarez. Uh, man, honestly, my fight versus Poirier was just uh, I had a – I got cut two weeks before the fight. I'm no excuses, but like, I didn't get to feel the pressure on that. His striking is a lot harder than Eddie's. Like Eddie's, I didn't feel endangered at all. Eddie's wrestling was a lot stronger than his, so I feel like it just depends on what game plan they bring into it. That's another one. I don't know. That's a, that's another really good fight. Uh, the first one, obviously, I think Poirier was getting the was getting the best of that one, but you know, then Eddie comes in and against Gaethje and looks like a savage. So Poirier's on a he's on a roll, man. It's unfortunate that both of those guys have to fight each other. Because I think that they could both kind of, they could probably both sit, and there's a good chance that either one of those guys could end up with a title shot. So, I think there's definitely some motivation for the winner. May probably is next in line, but it is unfortunate that they have to fight and like they can't just wait one after the another and just get a title shot back to back. But uh, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Eddie Alvarez. I think Poirier should win. I think I, I, I've never believed Eddie Alvarez was a, was was one of the best fighters in the world. Even though this dude became a world champion, I mean, I've never believed that he was at any time. I've always believed there was five or ten guys in our division that would always beat that guy. I felt like he got, you know, Poirier has fought some tough competition. You know, he's he's earned his rights to be where he's at. I feel like Eddie Alvarez just had a big name from another organization that came over, and you know, we got gifted decision by Melendez, and I just feel like he never realistically should have never even got the world title shot, but he got it. You know, and he he did the best with. So I'm not hating, but I just don't. I I think that. It's still going to be a competitive fight, but I think that Poirier should win that fight. Boy. Yeah, it's there, man. No, Terrence's confidence is super high. He thinks he broke Eddie last time. So, yeah, I think Poirier will take it. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, that's a really tough fight to call. I mean, they you, we saw in the last fight those guys both had their moments back and forth before the, you know, the, the crummy circumstances with the illegal strike. Um, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with age before beauty. You know, Eddie Alvarez has his fancy eyebrows. He might be a, you know, well-groomed guy, but I'm going to have to go with age. I'm going to have to go with the younger man, Dustin Poirier. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Poirier. I actually like both guys, but I'm a really big fan of Poirier. At the Athlete Summit, uh, his wife and my fiance became friends, so we all got to hang out for a little while. And, uh, and man, I just like the way he fights. You know, we have some common opponents, you know, before we got in the UFC – and I think Poya wins that one by uh, by by TKO in the second. 
But uh, but yeah, they've they've both been looking really well. But I'd love to see Poye win this fight and then make a title run and be the champ. That'd be great. Ah, uh, now that's a tough one. You all know where to find that full video. A couple of notes. Ariel Hawani tweeted just now that Romero versus Costa is not 100% agreed to, even though UFC announced it. Why do they keep doing this shit, man? They do this all the time. Yeah. It's so weird. Let them know where they can follow you on social media, Joe. At Showdown Joe, at Sean Rossap. Make sure you guys follow me. I'm thinking for the very first time of doing a live Instagram story or something Instagram-ish as I, you know, before I leave for Japan, maybe when I'm in Japan. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've never done it before, so you know I'm going to probably do it. I'll screw it up and have to restart it 17, 18 times. But uh, I may give it a shot and just, you know, because I can be bored at certain points. It's a long day. It's a long flight and a long time to come all the way back, although I'll be loading up my iPad with all kinds of Netflix downloads and We'll see what's up. But other than that, I'll, I get to f- call Horiguchi's fight. Uh, it's going to be some fun, fun stuff going down in Japan, ladies and gentlemen. Tell us a little bit about that show before we go. Uh, I had I just had the final card sent to me right before we went on the air. Give me one second here. I mean, the, the main event is a, a lady scrap. It's a rematch. Uh, and it's actually going to be a pretty sick fight between Asakura and Reina. If you know anything... Uh, about Asakura and Reina, that's a, a sick rematch because it was Asakura that defeated Reina in the main in the uh, Adam Wake Grand Prix. Uh, they are former training partners. That you know, Reina was on this huge shoot boxing high, uh, almost like the queen of Japan's MMA, and Asakura is this very humble, quiet. She gets into the ring and just kicks ass. So. That's going to be a very fun main event. Horiguchi's taking on um, Okikubo, who hasn't lost since losing to Horiguchi back in like 2013 or something like that. So he's a shooto champ right now, and these two guys have been wanting to get at each other for quite some time. Uh, Gomi's taking on Melvin Gillard. That's going to be fun. I can't see that one going the distance. Somebody will likely be going on to sleep. Uh, Kitayoka taking on Diego Brandao. That's going to be a fun fight. You got one nutcase against another nutcase. I guess if that's how you want to verbalize it, that's probably how you should verbalize it because they're both absolutely crazy. Uh, and to kick things off, uh, Darren Cruikshank against a guy named Tom Santos from Brazil. That's going to be absolutely insane. So uh, right off the bat, Ryzen will kick things off. It's available on Fight TV, by the way, guys. So make sure you do uh, purchase it, take a look at it. It's going to be fantastic. And Frank Trigg and I will have the call. Uh, Jason Herzog will be one of the reps. It's Ryzen. And you know that opening is going to be ridiculous. So I can't wait. I, I really cannot wait. Oh, Rindakai is also competing, by the way. So it's going nice. to be fantastic. Guys, check it out. Of course, check out my live post show Saturday evening after UFC Calgary. Visit FightfulMMA.com. Trying to really push the MMA side of things. Uh, of course, we are well established as a source within pro wrestling, but it's a good old boys club at MMA, as Showdown Joe will attest to. But if you don't mind, retweet some of our stories from Fightful MMA. Let people know about them, especially our exclusives. That kind of stuff really, really helps us as we're trying to bring you journalism in a different way, in a better way. We want to give you everything. So thank you guys so much. We are. 
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.